0: Good morning. I'm happy to be here and preach to you the Word of God, uh, and I'm happy to be here for other reasons. I've bumped into a bunch of people. I sort of knew the parents, and uh, in the earlier services, I mentioned something about my Dutch mother, and I had a bunch of Dutch people talking to me. Uh, I'm also half Spanish, so Spanish people, feel free to talk to me, too. As you can see, we're going to be in Psalm 121, so we want to get your Bible or your phone or whatever ahead of it. We'll read it in a second, but let me give some introduction. In October 2014, I was sitting in an airport in Kiev, Ukraine, and I was sinning my brains out. I was getting uncontrollably nervous I wouldn't be able to leave the country. If you recall your world politics, Russian oriented people had taken over eastern Ukraine and the rumor in Ukraine while I was there for my 10 days of teaching a course there was that Putin was going to send the tanks to Ukraine and then this would affect all the flights and I was I wasn't just concerned, I was sinning. I was so overly nervous about it. In fact, the whole week I was nervous as I was teaching the course. Um, So what was I doing when I was sitting there besides sinning? I was reading Psalm 121 in the Hebrew, in fact. Psalm 121 is about giving comfort To those traveling, and of course that was my exact situation, Uh, and then as we'll see, and giving you comfort through your whole life, using a traveling metaphor. Psalm 121 is written by God to give comfort to Christians. It's going to extol God, not man, that he is the creator and the special word, the keeper. God is a keeper. Of his people. And for many of you here, I'm going to guess, I could be wrong, that Psalm 121 is one of your favorites. And if you're sort of forgetting it, when we read the first two verses, it'll probably come back to you. Psalm 121 aids Christians in comforting Christians. Let us stand for Psalm 121. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out, your coming in, from this time forth and forevermore. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Let me reread the first two verses. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And let us pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, use this verse to comfort us. I pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. So you can see at the top of your, if you're depending on the Bible, you have, uh, it says the, a song of ascents, which is in the original Hebrew. Okay, what does that mean? Ascents is meaning going up. And if you don't know your geography, Israel or Jerusalem is kind of on a little mini mountain, uh, about 2,200 feet uh, elevation. So, there were three big festivals uh, in the Israelite calendar, and most likely, this is one of the big three. They're all the Israelis traveling to uh, Jerusalem uh, to go to the temple. So they're ascending up to Jerusalem. And it says the word "hills" there, And this is the only debated word in the whole psalm. Uh, I lift up my eyes to the hills. It's hard to know if it's positive or negative, and it's probably both, but they're looking up. we're going to traveling. We've got to go up the mountain. It's a headache to go up, and there's robbers. As you go up, but also the end game, if you get to Jerusalem, uh, that will be positive. So I looked up my eyes to the hills, probably both comfort and a little problem, negative stuff, when I get up there. Uh, notice it says in the second uh, part of verse 1, from where does my help come? And then the answer in 2, my help comes from the Lord, not from Man, specifically going out of his way. Yes, man is used in secondary ways. You have a health problem, your help comes from the Lord. Secondarily, the nurses and the doctors help you. You need a job, the help comes from the Lord. Secondarily, through networking and all these little things uh, to get a job. Okay, now notice he says the word Lord at the end of verse 2, and then he has an epithet or a little definition of God. At the end of verse 2, he could have said, my help comes from the Lord, the one who loves me. My help comes from the Lord, he who has brought Israel out of Egypt. My help comes from the Lord, a thousand things, but look what he says. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Why bring that up in the middle of a prayer request when you're going, you know, on traveling, headaches in traveling? Why bring up that God is the creator? And by the way, when the Bible usually brings up God as the creator, he means the original creator and continuing providence. So he's controlling things, his sovereignty. So why bring up in a prayer request that God is creator? Well, the answer is anytime you ask somebody to help you to do something, they both got to love you or want to do it, and they have to have the ability to do it. So why bring up God as creator? Because he's, God has the power to solve the problem, the traveling problem that you are on. And that's part of one of the questions of the psalm. Do you really believe the second part of verse 2? That God created and is controlling the universe. Logically, if you pray, at some level you're doing that. But here it's forcing you. He's the creator that's upon whom I am calling, Uh, I'm not calling on another man, I'm not calling on a pagan God, I'm calling on the God, the triune God of the Bible. And of course, the triune God of the Bible is not just your creator, he's also your redeemer, a fancy word for your savior, and he has saved you. God the Father sent the Son uh, to die for us, to live a perfect life for us, he sent the Holy Spirit to change us. I'm going to come back to verse 2 uh, later in the sermon, because that's the main verse. But let me get through the rest of the psalm, and then we'll come back to verse 2. Let me reread 3 through 6, and notice now the traveling metaphor. He's traveling from here to get somewhere. He, God, will not let your foot be moved. He even cares about every step you take. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. the Lord is your shade on your right hand, the shade from the sun. Uh, The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. As you travel, literally travel back in those days by foot, he cares about every step you take. And in verse 6, 5 and 6, if it's a hot day, he'll be your shade. If it's at night, he'll be the moon to help you out. If it's cold, he will protect you. Now notice he's Uh, gives another term to the Lord, not creator, but keeper. He's your keeper. Uh, It's stated three times in 3 through 6. It's stated a couple more in 7 and 8. And it's emphasizing currently, he's your keeper. He's the keeper of individuals. And and the Y-O-U here in this psalm is you the individual. Also notice in verse 4, he expands it past the individual to the group. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. So God cares about the individuals and he cares about this church, uh, the corporate group. Notice it talks about in verse 3, he who keeps you will not slumber. Verse 4, he will not slumber nor sleep. So the technical word for the day is God is omni-awake. Your technical definition, I don't know if we cover that in systematic theology, but God is omni-awake. start started stating the obvious, but he cares about you at all times. Let me quickly go through 7 and 8, verse 7 and 8 to reread it. The Lord will keep you from all evil, and now he's more summarizing. The Lord will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and from evermore. So here the psalmist moves from a literal traveling, and then he uses that as a metaphor for your whole life is a traveling. Your whole life can be a travel. The Lord will keep you from all evil, all types of things. The Lord will keep your going out, your coming in, from this time forth to evermore. Your whole life, God's concern is not just the particular trip you're going on, but he wants to get you to the end game, to home. Home for me when I was in uh, Ukraine with Charlotte, home here is the new heavens and new earth with the Lord forever. He cares about you now, but he cares about the end game. And I don't know if you can uh, feel uh hear this keeping you, keeping you, that probably reminds you of a benediction, maybe the most famous benediction in the Bible, from number six, said by Aaron, and I'll read it, and I'm guessing you'll relate to it as soon as I read it. Uh, The Lord bless you and keep you, same keep word. Uh, The Lord make his face uh, to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you And give you peace. Uh, Jordan, do you say that here? Uh, Hopefully, he's gonna say at least once or often. I don't know. Okay. I'm getting the non committed. Okay. Uh, Apparently, he has used it. Uh, The Lord bless you and keep you. That's number six, uh, if you wanna read it in your Bible 24 and 26. So the keeping thing, he keeps you. In verse seven, uh, he will keep your whole life or soul. Uh, it's both the inner and outer man. They're that word, not just the outer man. Uh, he will keep your soul, both inner and outer man. This is quite a promise. He will get you to the end game. The Lord, in addition to our Creator, is our Redeemer. Christ has lived a perfect life. Christ has died For our sins and therefore we put our faith in Christ. We are saved from the punishment due to our sin. We are justified. But in addition to that, God sends the Holy Spirit to change us as we live for Christ. Not perfectly. Live for Christ as we go through life. And we use the fancy word sanctification. But not only that, he promises we're going to get to the end game. We're going to get to being in the presence of God. When we die, now the presence of God, and then the final end game, the new heavens, new earth, perfect bodies, perfect souls. The Lord will keep you. You're going out. You're coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Okay, let's go back to verse 2, the more famous verse. Verse 1 again, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence cometh my aid, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. God wrote this scripture to comfort Christians. It reminds us that the triune God is our creator and keeper. It tells us of his fatherly care in a poetic way. From whence. Cometh my aid. My aid comes from the Lord. It's written almost assuming you're sinning because you're anxious. And it's saying, look to the Lord. That's where your aid comes from. It's It's not just during anxieties, during traveling, but also all of life's Anxieties, as it makes it clear in the final two verses. In the Presbyterian tradition in the 1800s, uh, where they didn't have cars, and if a family in a local church was going to be you know, traveling to their a sister 50 miles away, and so it's going to travel by horse and buggy in the 1800s, many, many Presbyterian churches, the Sunday before they would leave would have a psalm for that family, and they would sing Psalm 121 because it was, you know, literal traveling, but also traveling through their whole life. Uh, There was a minister who was born in the late 1800s, and he was a famous minister in Pittsburgh, a Presbyterian minister, Clarence E. McCartney. Um, uh, He stood up as the denomination Northern Presbyterian was drifting left theologically. He was a famous uh, conservative, and he was at this very large church in Pittsburgh from 1927 to 1953. And then as he's older, he's writing his uh, his autobiography, and I'm going to read from his autobiography. And he's talking about when he was a kid. So this is in the uh, late 1800s. My first lessons that I can remember in religion uh, and in reading, I had on my father's knee in the mornings of family worship. And his long forefinger would point out the words to me as they read uh, the Bible. What I especially remember is the 121st Psalm. It was a favorite of our family. In addition to reading it, we also often sang that great, and he puts it in quotes, traveler's psalm. So it was well known as the traveler's psalm uh, in the 1800s and even back to Scotland. Uh, we, we, meaning the church, uh, anytime someone from the family, the church family, started off to college or on a journey, we would sing that psalm. And then they would sing it at home too for that family. Uh, the benediction of that family altar has, I am sure, followed us all through our life thus far and I hope will follow us up to the gate of heaven. And he's using the traveling my whole life metaphor. My father was wont to conclude his petitions, prayer requests, at the family altar with the prayer. So occasionally they read or sang Psalm 121. But then he's saying now, almost every time we prayed for people, his dad would end The prayer, or maybe he'd say, in Jesus' name, amen, and then he would say, may we all get home at last, which is a takeoff of verses 7 and 8. May we all get home with new heavens and new earth at last. Still on life's pilgrimage, the children, and he means his brothers and sisters, who uh, remain can hear the music of that grand 121st Psalm, because they sang it at home and at church, in the Scottish metrical version, which we're not going to sing in a minute, uh, 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 the Dundee tune, if any of you are musically inclined. And here he quotes it. I to the hills will lift my voice, from whence thus come my aid? My safety cometh from the Lord, who heaven and earth hath made. And as you're going to say, we're going to sing it from the Words with minor modifications written in the 1500s in Scotland is the words we're going to sing, although a different tune, as you'll see. Back to Ukraine. When i was in that airport that was the 18th time i've been to ukraine so i've been there many times teaching a kind of intensive course and i'm there usually 10 days two weeks Uh, this particular time my wife told me not to go because of the problem in eastern ukraine i another headache for me was i'm terrible at jet lag when i fly east so I normally get there about three days before however this time I couldn't do that so I got there Sunday night I had to teach eight hours a day Monday morning and I I know Russian to some degree and in the class there's Ukrainian language Russian language and I'm teaching Greek uh, so I have all these languages in my head I had a professional translator but they didn't understand the Greek so I the hot water didn't work, the heat was set up, but what I was really worried about, that, that stuff like I'm tough, I can take it, was the plane tickets. I, I was just nervous. Something would happen in eastern Ukraine and I'd be stuck for three months, It was my sense of things. Uh, I, uh, I was worried about the teaching because I wasn't sleeping. I, and I was just overly concerned. I was sinning every day. I read Psalm 121, and the Hebrew, and it did calm me down. It calmed me down. And if and I know most of you don't know me personally, but I am rarely ever nervous. I'm Mr. Sovereignty of God. Uh, I'm not. My wife whines. I'm not worried enough about stuff. But I was sinning. Uh, Psalm 121 has worked in many Christians' lives. It worked in my life. What was really God working in my life. As I said before, many of you, it may be a favorite psalm. It was a favorite psalm of my mother. Uh, Her first language was Dutch, an immigrant family. Um, And she would sing uh, at special, she sang a lot at our church, she was a good singer, she would sing at uh, special services, and many times she would sing in Dutch, uh, Psalm 121. Um, And at the earlier service, there were some people that told me they had sung in Dutch, Psalm 121. Um, It's on my mother's tombstone, verses 1. Uh, one and two. In this congregation, and I heard the prayer requests, there are difficulties. Some of them unrelated to what you have done. Maybe some of them are related to what you've done, either way. Severe difficulties, health of children, jobs, is my marriage falling apart? And there's less difficulties. I got a big test coming up. Uh, You know, we're a little late on the bill or something. We all have levels of difficulties. Look at Psalm 121. Do you believe it? God wrote it to comfort Christians. Almighty God had this written several thousand years ago, knowing you would be here. The human author may not have known that, but God, the ultimate author, knew that. Do you believe those verses? From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Let me end by uh, reading in the Old King James, when I've started at church, it was the King James, and maybe some of you here, it was the King James. I'll just read a couple verses from Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall pre- preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you are many things, but you're also a comforting Father. Thank you for this psalm. Comfort those here with severe difficulties. Comfort us all, no matter the difficulties. I pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who loved us so much, he died for us. Amen. And as I promised, we're going to sing Psalm 121, and you're going to sing it to the tune you know of Amazing Grace.